You are listening to the Riverside Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at www.riversideconnect.org. Hi, ladies. I'm so excited to be here with all of you. I, um, I actually do want to open up. There's a scripture I want to open up and pray over you before we kind of start into our teaching and it comes from 2 Timothy chapter 3, and it's verses 16 and 17. And it says, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Amen. Amen. Father God, I just believe that this word that you're going to send out today, Lord, it will be in an alignment for some. It will be in an adjustment for others. God, that what you desire to do within their lives, Lord, that you're going to release them. You're already going to establish in their mindset that they are equipped to go and fulfill the things that you've called them to do. Lord, I just thank you for rising up. I thank you, God, for ministering truth to hearts this day, and I thank you, Lord, for your presence, your anointing, and your power just to be manifested in this place. God, we just give you glory, we give you honor, we give you praise, and I bless your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. I'm excited to be here, and I want you to think about something. As I was praying through the um, theme, Frequency, It's more than you just tuning in to God. It's bigger than that. It's more than just going through the fundamentals of having my quiet time with Jesus. Here's the whole purpose of you tuning in to God. God wants you to be women of influence. Women of influence. And you can only be a woman of influence if you're tuned in to God to know how to strategically move, how to strategically execute the things that he has in place. I'm talking about being women of influence, not only impacting your communities and your families, I'm talking about being women of influence that will impact nations. Nations, do you hear me? Nations. I was thinking about and praying through and God just brought into my mind early this morning the different women that God has used to impact nations. Joan of Arc, a young gal, was used by God. She heard the audible voice of the Lord. And at that time where she had lived in the country of France was under so much war and that she was partnered with the king. God sent her to the king to help bring them out of that situation. A nation. I think about um, Corey Tim Boone. How did God use her? Her whole attitude, her whole perspective. She never lost the focus of how God wanted to use her. And now to this day, that legacy, legacy still continues on. Mother Teresa, Mother Teresa was a woman that God used. Do you realize up until the time, two years before she truly passed, she still walked 
the streets. She still was working the call that God had placed on her life. And then I think about Joyce Meyer, a well-known Bible teacher, international speaker. She has an international ministry. And when she was um, called by God to walk into this new sect of just women being in the ministry, women being on the front lines, everybody came against her. Her friends were against her and said it could never be done. But God, but God, I want to us to be challenged this day to realize that you tuning into God goes far greater than you realize. God desires to use each and every one of you. But here's what we've got to do. We've got to put off the limitations. We've got to stop thinking small. And we've got to start focusing on our big, big God that we serve because he can do mighty things through us. Amen. Amen. I want you, if you have your Bibles, I would love for you to turn to the book of Isaiah. I'm going to start there, and then we're going to turn to the book of Judges right after. Isaiah uh, 43. Isaiah 43. I'm going to pick up at verse 10. This has truly been the core verse that God gave me for you for this conference. And it says, you are my witnesses, says the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, nor shall there be one after me. I want you to look at the context of what he's saying. He gives us two descriptions of function of how we operate. The first is he talks about being a witness. Witness. A witness can be somebody that has an eye account, a witness to something. But it also goes on beyond to say that he, um, it is to be involved in. How, for example, we can be a witness in a wedding. We're participating in that wedding. We are, we're fully engaged God wants us to be fully engaged with him. Very key. And then he sets it up and says, the reason behind is that you may know and believe and understand that I am he. Three key words that we need to focus on. That first word, know. It's very, very imperative that we grasp the context behind what he's trying to do. He's releasing this to say, I want you to be in an intimate relationship with me. That word no comes from the Hebrew, which means yada. And yada is to know by experience, to know intimately. See, we have got to break off this this, um, perception that God is way up here and we're just down here doing and just doing and just floundering and wondering and trying to figure things out, right? He's saying, no, no, no. When you tune in to me, you're gonna get a greater perception of who I am, the character of God, and how he desires to be involved in your life, in every circumstance of your life, in your relationships, in your finances, in in where you work. He wants you to know that he wants to be involved. Amen? And then he says, so that you may believe 
That word believe, I, was lo- I love worship today. I love the empowerment. I love how when God just orchestrates, when we don't even connect and we're not talking, we don't share our teachings and worship together, but the Holy Spirit just intertwines all of that because today's God's set up. He started setting you up at worship. He did. He was letting you know beforehand that I am the great I am and there's nothing impossible for you to do when I am for you. That is the message. We have got to be utterly convinced of how great he is and what he can do. Come on. Yeah? He then says, in verse 10, back to 10, it says that my servant whom I've chosen. So here's this two-part thing. The first is about us being, having this posture before him where we're, all, we're, we're seeking after him so that we can be a witness. So that's all about engaging with him, right? But then all of a sudden when we have that, he then puts us in position so that we can operate how he desires for us to operate, He puts us in position so that we can fulfill the things that he has ordained over our lives before the foundations of the world. Some of you need to realize that God has placed a calling on your life. God has equipped you to fulfill that calling. But the world around you has kind of muddied up the waters or life experiences has tainted that. And you've lost focus. And I'm here to tell you, today is a new day. The day is new day and it is dawning. And the Lord Jesus Christ is going to set a fire in your soul to say, yes, I'm going after that because from the time I was this little, I knew I was born to do this. I was five years old. My mom would tell me I would truly gather my baby dolls, my, my stuffed animals, and I would teach them about Jesus. And when I got grown out, grown the stuffed animals and baby dolls, I would gather the neighborhood kids and teach them about Jesus. And my mom said, I always knew you were to be a teacher, but she said, I thought it was in the secular realm. I never knew it was going to be in the Christian realm. I've pursued it. It's ingrained in me. Even when I've had opposition after opposition, I've kept my eyes on like flint on him to say, you will fulfill this in my life. Amen? Amen. That's the groundwork. We need to be in a position where God, we are posturing ourselves constantly before him to be engaged with him, to say, God, how do you want to use me to bring glory and honor to your name? How do you want to use me to make an, have an influence on those around me? Amen. As I was praying through, I said, Lord, show me one woman in the Bible that these young ladies would be so encouraged. And he took me to the story of Deborah. If you have your Bibles, turn to now Judges for me, please. Judges. I love the story of Deborah. I love Deborah. <laughs> I do. She, she inspires me. She so inspires me. 
She is a woman like you and I in this room. As we read through the context of scripture, we're going to find that she was a prophetess. In other words, she had a call by God. And God had called her in that time, in that season, to lead the people of Israel, to be a voice by him, to lead and speak truth and righteousness into the people of Israel. Can I just say something? You all have a gift. You all have a calling. But here's what we do. We minimize the effects of how we think we will make an impact. We are like the ones that um, when, when, when Peter, when Jesus went to feed the, the 5,000 and, and Jesus turned to the disciples and said, what do you have, right? And Peter says, Peter and Andrew said, I don't, all I have are these just a couple of fish and loaves of bread. That's what we do. We go, wow, this is all I really have. But God's trying to say, watch what you do, what happens when you take what you have and you place it in my hands. Watch how it will impact the people around you. Watch how it will feed their souls. How many know we need to be feeding the souls of those around us? We live in a very disjointed, it is very chaotic, it is very... um, filled with a lot of chaos and division and hatred right now in this nation. And the enemy is just trying to wreak havoc. And I believe God's saying to each and every one of you, rise up, Deborahs, rise up to your position. Rise up. I have already called you. I've already equipped you. You are able to do this. Take what I have placed before you and allow me to then work through you. And let me be the multiplier. Come on. We got to get out of God's way. Sometimes we're so hard at striving and doing and trying to make it work when all he's just saying, I need you to just give it to me. Just give it to me and let me bring forth what I need to bring forth. Amen? The next thing we read, and I'm picking up at verse four, it talks about, says, now Deborah was a prophetess the wife of Labadoth, and was judging Israel at the time. I want to sit there. Many of us here in this room are wives, right? I'm sorry, it's uh, Judges 4. I'm so sorry, Judges 4. That's what happens. See, I get so excited, and then I just run, right? I just run. Judges 4, verse 4, it says, Now Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Labadoth, was judging Israel at the time. We also, many in this room, have the functionality of being a wife, right? Can I, I wanna speak a word of encouragement. I don't care where you're at in your marriage. You do it with excellence. You do your marriage with excellence. You make an impact and you have an influence on those around you with your marriage. Marriage is under attack. And we need to be women of influence, of holiness and righteousness, and allowing us to be representatives to those around us to say, you know what, my man may not be perfect, which he is, honey, you are. 
He's very good to me. He really is. I have, I'm blessed beyond belief by this godly man that God has given me for 19 years. Blessed. But what God's been showing me is that my marriage can be a role model for somebody else. Maybe, maybe I've gone through a circumstance or a situation. How did God bring Ron and I through that? How can you use your testimony to speak life into somebody else, to influence them to say, don't throw in the towel? Do you know what's happening today in our culture? There is that lack of commitment. When the going gets tough, we see so many people throwing in the towel to say, I'm gonna get going. When God said, and he created marriage, it was to be a covenant to life, to death, right? So you get through that, you work through that. As women, we need to be women of excellence and influence and allow that. I just wanna say one last thing. It is so imperative that we pray for our spouses every day. They go through seasons just like we do. They go through frailties and weaknesses and insecurities just like we do. But pray for them. Draw out of them the good things that you see in them. Reaffirm them, build them up in the mighty name of Jesus, amen? The next thing we see is that Deborah was functioning as a judge. She was judging Israel. And I was thinking about that. She's a woman like you and I that maybe we're working in the marketplace, right? She was working in the marketplace and she's doing her thing. She has been influential where God has placed her. Can I ask you a question? Are you in the business set? Where are you working that God wants you to be influential for him? Is it in education? Is it in media? Is it in government? Where has he placed you? Is it in arts? Come on. God wants to tap into you so that you can influence that area. You need to rise up. Rise up, Odeva, rise up. Amen? She was also known as a general. We're gonna read. I'm gonna keep reading. Um, I'm picking up now at verse five. And it says, and she would sit under the palm tree of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the mountains of Ephraim. And the children of Israel came up to her for judgment. Then she sent and called for Barak, the son of Abinom, from Kadesh and Naphtali, and said to him, has not the Lord God of Israel commanded, go and deploy troops at Mount Tabor. Take with you 10,000 men of the sons of Naphtali and the sons of Zebulun. And against you, I will deploy Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his multitude at the river of Kishon. And I will deliver him into your hand. Listen to me. She became a general. She became a warrior on the front lines. Because he goes on to say at verse 8, And Barak said to her, If you will go with me, then I will go. 
but if you will not go with me, I will not go. And so she says, I will go, I will surely go with you. And here's what I want us to, I want us to focus on. We are to be warriors for Jesus Christ. We are to be on the front lines all the time for him, proclaiming the good news to those around us. You are able to do it. You are equipped, you are more than able to speak how Jesus has impacted your life. Can you, you, here's what we need to get away from. We need to get away from believing that we need all of this theology. When reality is when you first encountered Jesus, did you know, have any theology about him? You didn't, did you? But you knew something happened. Because your heart was, God, I wanna be tender to you. I want you to show me about you. And then it was through that journey We need to take that same type of attitude and stop overcomplicating the gospel and just give them Jesus. Can we just give them Jesus? Warriors on the front line, making an impact. I am so more charged. I just feel like God has just really been um, giving me a greater revelation of my purpose in life. And my heart's desire is for women and actually, and men, all people who I come in contact, that they may know the love of the Father and that they would know who they are in Christ Jesus, that they would be so grounded in him because the more we are grounded and rooted in Jesus and the love of God, the more we will be fueled and we will be compelled by the love that he places within us to say, God, I'm going after this. Lord, I'm gonna follow you no matter where you lead me. God, I'm gonna do it no matter the cost. Come on. We need that. We need to be women on the front lines, having that warrior mentality. Do you see that that's, um, verse in verse six where she calls to Barak and she says, has not the Lord of Israel commanded, go and deploy troops? Here's what I wanna release to you. In John, Jesus talks about um, only seeing what the Father had seen, and then doing what the Father had shown him. And then in verse 12, or chapter 12, he talks about only hearing what the Father had given to him and only speaking what the Father had said to him. Deborah was a woman that followed the model of Jesus. We need to do the same. We need to be so in tune to him that we only speak what he gives us to speak and we only do what he's called us to do. Do you know why so many Christians are getting burned out? Because they're not doing what God's called them to do. We have become hamsters on the wheel and we are just toiling and toiling and toiling and then to the point of exhaustion. Because God didn't call you to do that. And sometimes what's happening is why we keep going that way is oftentimes we're trying to fill an insecurity that is so deep within us that it can only be rooted out when you're planted in the heart of the Father. Come on. 
It is time for us to start walking in the maturity of what God has ordained over our lives. This year is a critical year. It is the Hebrew year 5777. It is the year of God's favor. It is also the year of him saying that we will be complete in him. So if there are any loopholes that the enemy has been using against you, any weaknesses, any targets, he will come. God is going to make sure that that enemy will not have a foothold any longer. You will walk and you will be complete in him. You will also, this is a year where he wants you to be mature. That mature, it is actually you abiding in the power of who he is. You fulfilling the things before you. I have a, I just have this new, um, oh, I don't know how you want to say it. I just got, I just get this boldness that rises up within me, you know, and I just go, okay, I don't care. I'm doing it. I don't care. But it's not an arrogant boldness that's coming from my flesh. It's the boldness of Christ rising up within me. Amen. This is the year that God is strategically then positioning us to be a part of his assignments. And he's pulling things that you have put on the shelf, things that you have procrastinated on. Come on, I know some of you are procrastinating on some projects right now. I just hear it, I hear it, I hear it. I hear some of you have literally, I'm hearing the Lord say, some of you have put some things on the shelf. Because you didn't think, you had the mentality it was a less than, and God's saying it is a more than, than what he can do. Come on. You know what you're supposed to be doing. God's just starting to charge you up. I believe my position here today is to unlock what has been holding you back so that you go 100% forward. And you're not gonna look back You're not going to look to the one side or the other, but you're going to go 100% forward after him. Amen? Deborah was also noted, and this was chapter 5. She says, I am a mother of Israel. Many of us in this room carry the mother title. And you may say, well, I'm not a mother by natural. Neither am I. But we're spiritual moms. There are people in your realm that God desires for you to be that nurturing woman, that nurturing mother to them, to impact them, to influence, to speak life in them, to give them wisdom, to give them encouragement, to give them hope. You each have a role in here to play. Stop minimizing what God wants to do in your life. Stop second guessing how he wants to impact you and how he wants to move you from here to over here. Come on. Amen. But if we're going to be women of influence and we are going to make such an impact like Deborah did, do you realize Deborah functioned in all of those ways? And she impacted a nation. Do not tell me and do not underestimate the power of God and how he can use you in this world. Do not, do not. I'm learning it myself. 
but he's really conveying it to me. That we need to start stepping in and believing him for far greater things than we can far imagine or think. Amen. I wanna switch now, I wanna talk about, we're still gonna talk about Deborah. But as being women of influence, we need to deal with some things. We need to deal with the static that can occur within our lives. And so often we can allow things that we're doing for God to interfere with what he desires. And that is to be engaged with him 100%. When I think about some of the things, I I, I want us to first address our mindsets, our theologies or our ideologies that we can kind of get into. And I want us to think about sometimes we can get that mindset like a Pharisee. We can. See, because the Pharisees believed that God only operated one way. The Pharisees put God in a box. (laughs) Come on. How many know God's saying, open up the box? (laughs) Open up the box and let me out because I'm gonna do something far greater than you can imagine. Open up the box. Stop minimizing me. If he can speak one word into creation, the heavens and the earth, how much more can he do within your life? All he has to do is speak and it comes to pass. It's all he has to do. Here's the other issue we fall into. The Pharisees got caught up in what they were doing for God they lost sight of the relationship with God. We can fall in that same capacity. Deborah was a woman that carried many titles and responsibilities, just like you and I in this room. And we would say that we could get so caught up in our responsibilities that we lose sight of the relationship that God has for us. This is not a condemning word. This is just a word that we need to say, God saying, I need to bring you back full circle and reprioritize your thinking of where you need to be, right? Your relationship with him has to be priority. Do you realize in Judges, it talks about, it gives order to how she, the titles that she carried. And the first was prophetess. And although in that time frame, it was the prophets and prophetesses were used by God to 
direct and guide the people of Israel. But when you really think about that, a prophet or a prophetess has to be somebody very in tune with God. Her first priority was her relationship with Jesus. Our first priority has to be that Jesus is number one. We have to make him a priority. I want you to just evaluate in your life right now, is he a priority? See, because the reality is is that we can make a lot of things priorities. And somehow he falls down at the bottom of the list. And then we start the next day and we say, I'll make him. And then he falls back down. And then the next day, how many have been in that situation? Yeah. But here's what I want us to say. I want you to wake up in the morning and go, God, I am your witness. I want to be your witness today. God, I want to be your servant today. And a servant can't go about not knowing what the master wants him to do. So God, I need you to speak to me. I'm giving you priority first thing in the morning. And I need to hear your voice. Before my feet even get out of bed, do you know I'm often praying before my feet even get out of bed and I'm saying, God, tune me in to what you want. He woke me very early this morning to be with him because I knew there were things that he wanted to download even more in for today. But it was preparation. My heart was, God, I want to deliver a spirit-filled message because the flesh profits nothing. But I know when, when the spirit of God moves and he delivers, he is speaking to the heart of his people. He is speaking to his daughters and he desires to speak to you today. We can't have a Pharisee attitude. I want to turn to Matthew 9. Matthew 9 for a moment. We've got to deal with our philosophies and our ideologies that God only operates in a certain capacity. Matthew 9, verse 10. It says, now it happened as Jesus sat at the table in the house that behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with the tax collectors and sinners? And when Jesus heard that, he said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. See, the Pharisees felt that they could only entertain certain people in a certain way. I love Natalie Grant's song, It's Time to Get Dirty, It's Time to Come One, that we need to go out and be one. We need to get our hands dirty. Do you know what that means? That means we need to start looking at people through the perspective of God's vision. 
every person that you see in this room, not only in this room. See, here's what's happened. We get very comfortable in this context because we know their relationship with Jesus. We're happy because we feel safe. But can I challenge you that as soon as we walk out those doors and down that hall, I wanna challenge you to view those people through the eyes of the Father that are so desperate and need what you have to offer. Come on. I feel like God's saying, I need some of you to get out of the boat. Come on. God wants you to get out of the boat of you feeling comfortable and you feeling like this is normal and that you um, feeling safe. And see, because when we feel safe, then we know we're not gonna be rejected. But the reality is, is that Jesus already warned us. And he says, those will persecute you. Those will reject you. But we need tough skin. We need Jesus skin. Come on. We need us to operate like he did. And he still met them right where they were at. He still loved them. We need to be people, women of influence, operating from a position of love all the time. I'm not talking conditional love. I'm talking the agape love, the unconditional love that says you don't have to do a thing for me for me to express my love towards you. But I'm going to love you anyway, and I'm going to express the love of God to you. We need to be expressions of love. Come on. Some of you are squirming in your seats. You know why? Because God put a mission on your heart, and you've been holding back because you are feeling fearful of being rejected. Can I just tell you something? Who cares? Who really cares? Because at the end of the day, when you stand before Almighty God, He will ask this one question What did you do for me? And if you hold back and say, Well, so I didn't do this because so and so was, so and so is not going to be standing right next to you. It will be you and him. Come on. Be encouraged. Be encouraged. I need you to be like Peter. I need you to say, because I hear the Lord say, come. Peter says, Lord, is that you? Some of you have been asking that question. Lord, is that you? You've been praying over something. And you've been asking him, Lord, is that you? Is that your will? Do you want me to do this? I hear him say, come. Come, get out of the boat, start walking on water. Don't look down, don't try to figure out how is this gonna work. Don't try to figure out how I'm gonna make it happen because here's what happens. When we rely on the word of God, when we rely on him, did you hear Deborah? She said, Barak, go. And then he said, she said, you take these many men and you go this position. Do you realize when God gives us a, a mission for him to fulfill, he has already gone ahead, made the preparations and he will release the vision of how you are to accomplish it. It will not be rolled out in this one glamour position where we want all the pieces. Why? Because we rely. We want that. We need that because it makes us feel secure. But here's the important thing. You need to realize you're on a journey with him.
So the more he just gives you a little nugget, he's just asking you to step out in faith. Step out in faith. And he'll reveal the next thing. And then the next thing. And then the next thing. Stop getting hung up on the analytical side of how it's going to work. I hear some of that. You're trying to figure it out. You're trying to figure out how this piece is going to interact with this piece and how that's going to happen with that. And I just hear the Lord say, stop. I'm God. Your job is to be still and know that I'm God. Amen. I think the next thing we need to focus on that can impact, that can cause static in our walk with him is our heart, conditions of our heart. I want you to go to the book of Ephesians now. Ephesians chapter um, four, please. Ephesians chapter four, Paul's writing to the people at Ephesus and he writes this important passage. I'm gonna pick up around um, verse 25. It says, therefore, putting away lying, that each one of you, each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. I want you, to, some uh, versions say that this is a foothold. Don't give a foothold to the devil. A foothold is any place where the enemy can come in and take advance in your life. And we're gonna talk about how he can take advance in our lives when we're not dealing with some heart issues. And Paul addresses this and it says, let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Verse 29, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth but what is good for the necessary edification and that it may impart grace to the hearers. Verse 30, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you have been sealed for the day of redemption. Verse 31, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even God in Christ forgave you. Do you see he puts right in the middle, it is a sandwich, it's like the Oreo cookie with the cream. And he's saying, on one side, you gotta watch your conduct, and on the other side, you've gotta watch how your conduct's impacting your heart. So don't grieve the Holy Spirit. When we grieve the Holy Spirit, it's in, we're grieving the impact, how he is affecting our character. And the biggest thing that comes against that, and the biggest thing that will impact the 
Us tuning into God and hearing from him is when we harbor on to bitterness. It is a bitter root that needs to go. When we allow unforgiveness to just manifest and fester within us to the point where we are harboring on to anger and bitterness and resentment. See, because the word of God says love holds on to no grudges, no wrongdoings. Right? Are we supposed to walk in that? Yeah. My question to you today is, who are you holding hostage? Thinking that you're gonna get retribution from them. Because reality is, you're not. And what's happening is you're becoming held hostage and captive. You're becoming toxic. You know, we're so much like the servant. When we, when the one servant was pulled by his master and he says, you owe me, you owe me this amount. And the servant said, have mercy on me, Lord, have mercy. And so the master says, I will release you. And as soon as that servant walks out, he sees the one person who owed him something and he grabs him and he says, you owe me right? And he didn't extend that same mercy to the one. We can be like that servant. We can hold on to somebody saying, you owe me an an apology. You owe me for, and yet the reality is, is that person's already moved on with their life. They're no longer living in that moment. They've moved on. Can I give you a tip, which I really believe will free you, because it has freed me immensely. When somebody has hurt you, when somebody has offended you, when somebody has just caused you such heartache that you, I mean, it just, it lives with you day and night, right? It's in the back of your mind and you're, it just gnaws at you. God taught me something. Pray for that person. You pray for that person. I know some of you are going, I do not want to pray for that person. <laughs> and I'm not gonna pray for that person. Why should I pray for that person when that person did blah, 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 blah? Am I? Here's the reason why. See, the, where you're in that capacity where you say, I'm not gonna pray for that person, the enemy has a foothold over you. You're in bondage. And God wants to set you free. He wants to set you free. Pray for them. Write down whatever you wanna write down but send a blessing over them because Jesus instructed us, bless those who curse us. Bless. Because what we, um, what we plant, we will reap. Come on. 
Amen? The last thing I wanna close out with, I want you to go now to the book of Hebrews for me. Hebrews chapter three. What will cause static more than anything and which will cause us from progressing into fulfilling what God has called us to be, what God has ordained over our lives, what God has declared is the spirit of unbelief. We are people of faith. It is by faith that we have received Jesus Christ. We didn't do anything to earn our salvation. But by faith, we have engaged in a relationship. And by faith, we will continue on in this relationship. You are on a journey with God. And so by faith, he oftentimes orchestrates things to either further develop our character or to put you in a situation to test what you've already been taught. Come on. And I want us to look at the spirit of unbelief and how detrimental it can be as it impacts our walk with God. Pick up at verse 12, chapter three. And it says, beware, brethren, lest there be any of you an evil heart, do you hear this? An evil heart of unbelief into parting from the living God. Do you know why unbelief is so impact and influential in our lives? Because it pulls us further away from God. It moves us from a position of intimacy to a position of hiding and just being isolated. It impacts the way we engage with him. It impacts how we walk out our journey with him. Come on, you are women, you are Deborahs on the front lines that God is calling you to have an influence and an impact in the area that he has put you in. And here's what's so, so just mind-boggling, and there's so much at stake. It says, verse 13, but exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Unbelief is sin. Count it for what it is. It is sin. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold onto the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end while it is said. I want you to now jump down to verse 16. For who, having heard, rebelled? Indeed, was it not all who came out of Egypt led by Moses? He's talking about the people of Israel. When they this had walked in unbelief that God had given them the promised land. I'm here to tell you that you have a promised land. Although their land was physical, we have a spiritual realm that God desires for us to conquer for him. We are to bring heaven down here on earth. We need to have a heavenly mindset, a heavenly attitude of supernaturally walking the way that God has ordained us to walk. The supernatural needs to become natural within our lives. Why? Because Jesus demonstrated it because God had demonstrated it years before. Why is it that God showed that he departed the Red Sea and they walked on that dry land? Why can that not happen for us today? Come on. When Jesus healed and when Peter and John went forth and they did the healing, not through their own might, but through the power of Jesus Christ. Why can that not happen today? 
We are to be instruments used by him. We are to be an expression of him, of his love, of his glory. That is who we are to be, conduits used by the master, however he chooses, however he pleases. Do not forsake what has been given to you. You are a royalty. You have been given authority. And you have a realm to conquer for him. You have been given specific areas of territory that God has sat out and said, she will master this. She will be used by me and I will be given that land so that it will be given to the kingdom of God. So important. Don't abort the mission. Use what God has placed in front of you Use what he's given to you and you say, Jesus, I give it right back. Use it now to bring glory and honor to your holy name. Amen. I want you to stand to your feet. I'm gonna play a blessing over you. Father God, I do believe today is a very critical day. And I just, I just see keys. I see like I'm just this huge key and I'm like going around and I'm unlocking, unlocking right now. You, Lord, have been using your word to further equip your daughters. Lord, I just pray over each and every one of them that they see things from your perspective. Challenge them, Lord. Challenge them to step into the rightful position that you desire. But our rightful position cannot be maintained if we're not connected to the vine. God, let us be always having our fill from you. God, that we be so connected to you that we would just say, Lord, whatever you desire, I'm making you a priority. I need to hear what you want because we want to follow in the model of Jesus Christ. He only did what he saw the Father do. He only spoke what the Father gave him to speak. God, let us be your conduits doing the same here on earth. Why? Because love covers all. Love never fails. And I'm telling you, love is what we need this day in this country in the United States of America. Use us, God. I ask that you use us. Let us rise up as Deborahs. Let us be influencers for where you have called us to have an impact, whether it be in a family community, whether it be in a school system, whether it be in a business setting. God, no matter where you have placed us, let us be used by you. And God, may you receive all the glory and honor. I bless them this day, Lord. And I thank you, Father, for what you just did. I thank you for that fresh revelation that you've just imparted over each and every one of them. Thank you, God, for building them up in you. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Riverside Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at www.riversideconnect.org.